OmniExperience, or what we refer to as OX, is often mistaken as simply a digital strategy with a focus on desktop mobile. But it's much, much more than that. It's the concept of building consistent and complementary experiences across every step of the journey a customer shares with a brand. It's telling a story that meets a brand's customers in the advertising they experience, in e-commerce, in loyalty programs, and especially the experience they have in a brand's owned spaces. Whether it's brick and mortar retail, stadiums, hospitals, or any other physical space customers experience your brand, it's a valuable point in the OX ecosystem that is too often overlooked. I'm Dan Bruner. And I'm Matt Clark. And, and this, this is the, the Omni Experience Podcast. Uh, welcome back to the Omni Experience Podcast. This is an episode we're calling Black November. I don't know why I can't remember the episode names, especially when I write them, but you know. <laughs> it's November. It's a weird year. 2020 has been a decade in the making, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, it's... everybody. I'm back. I'm Dan back. is back. Matt uh, took the reins with uh, James, a, a guest co-host. Yeah, yeah. It worked out all right. Hopefully you guys good enjoyed episode. it. Yeah. Uh, but good to have Dan back. How'd the move go? It was um, awful and okay at the same time. Yeah, moving but, uh, is no fun. It... Uh, had a little bit of complications. I think I told you some of the story. We were a pretty big caravan, and uh, our truck broke down. And while it was getting fixed, our trailer lost uh, some some tires, our car trailer. So um, it was not awesome that everything happened, but it also was good that it happened at the same time. So, you know, we had minimized our downtime from all of our failures, but we got trapped in Fresno for a, for a whole day. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it, we are quickly coming up on thanksgiving um it's next week yeah we're recording this a uh, week before a post but if you're listening it was actually yesterday yeah this is it's uh saturday the 21st so we're what when is it thursday four to five days out thursday um and of course after thanksgiving day friday is is black friday so um granted this year has been insane and nothing has been normal uh or what we uh know as our next, old normal next normal <laughs> our next normal. normal previous normal yeah we're getting to know our, our next normal our new normal um and we're very curious to see what happens with the kind of traditional concept of black friday this year um do you, did you get into that at all? You, you do Sorry. any of the... I feel like we have talked about this on a, on a previous, like one, maybe our first episode. Um, I've always thought it was a little bit ridiculous, but like, like I've always wanted the newest, latest, greatest iPhones, but I've never been someone who is willing to wait in line for them. Yeah. Um, and I've always thought since growing up with the internet that I could do just as well as anyone could do in a Best Buy or a Walmart or whatever on, online and... We do pretty good all year round. Uh, so, no, I didn't. Have you? No, never been into it. Never. I don't, I don't I, even think I've gone to a store the day. I, maybe like a grocery store. But I kind of just hunker down and relax. I was going to say, I think Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Because you just like chill out. You eat. I, I, I am one of the people who actually likes turkey. Um, I like mashed potatoes. And then it's like football, chill out. Yeah. 
Um, when you're on the go, like all year round, it kind of signifies, you know, that beginning of the holiday season. And it is nice to actually be around people you like and uh, doing it in a nice, relaxing way in your own house. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm about to. I, I, I don't need to be running out with a bunch of crowds, especially this year. Yes, with, uh, especially this <laughs> year. Especially this especially year. Especially this year. Uh, so I think that'll be the most interesting thing to see. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different strategies that companies have taken this year to kind of combat some of the um, social distancing requirements and those kinds of things that are happening this year. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see if this kind of changes it forever or is it uh, just going to be different this year? Do we come quickly back to the tradition of, you know, waiting in line at a big box store to get the, the you know, half price TV? Um, so that's kind of the, that'll be the, the interesting thing to see. And we'll come back to it in a couple of weeks at, with the next episode and kind of give you, give you all an update on what we observed. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the theories is like, is this, this is kind of an episode that's in our bonus series. So it's sort of a COVID pivot, which we have done as some segments, but we've done it some longer episodes. And I think, um, it's not as explicitly a COVID pivot episode, but I think a lot of the information around the way the retailers are like putting, like presenting this, I think a lot of it relates to reacting to the current situation that we're living in. Um, and some of it is, I think, dressed up as, you know, which we'll get into a little bit more like worker care or, or, or those lines. But so, yeah, um, it's going to be really interesting to look at it this year, see how successful that was, see if we're minimizing stuff. Um, see what those ultimate goals are. And then, you know, as the pandemic moves away from memory, it'll be interesting to look to and see, do those things go back to the way they were? Are you going to have bigger crowds in physical retail or are people really going to take, you know, care to use the technology to sort of get the quick fulfillment on stuff, but maybe not in some of the same ways that they've done so historically. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, the big thing is companies really have to kind of balance the their ability to um gain profits you know and as you mentioned still keep their employees yeah. safe think about their customers try not not try not to put them in uh positions where they might uh get in trouble uh virus wise so there's a lot of things to balance here um i thought it's interesting black the the one of the uh story not stories theories on where black friday comes from is is based on the fact that typically retailers would kind of be uh in the red profit wise for most of the year um and then come the holidays thanksgiving time black friday time they would start to be back in the red uh sorry back in the black and be profitable so uh that's kind of the origin of it it's got started um from what i could find it kind of got kicked off in philadelphia actually uh, but it didn't really become a national thing until uh the 80s um and from there you know we're all well well versed in its popularity so um i i think uh the the, the profitability thing is a really interesting component of what companies are choosing to do this year especially um we've had a bunch of companies that started doing sales uh, back at least at the beginning of November, if not in early October. So they've been basically providing a month of sales online 
uh, in the hopes of um, combating crowds the day of, um, day after Thanksgiving. So uh, I think that's the first tactic that we want to talk about. A lot of companies like Home Depot, Kohl's, uh, Macy's, Target, um, you know, and there's a, a ton of others that um, have been providing online sales for shoppers all month long. Um, what what are you thinking about that? You think that's going to stick? I mean, I think so. I think, you know, in thinking of some of these traditions and, um, and going back to your point about, you know, like red, black, I mean, we work with a couple of retail brands that do, you know, a third of their, a third to half of their annual business in November, December. Yeah. So it really does kind of make sense, I think, historically, um, when looking at that, but these are not brands that would have a, they don't have sales ever. They don't have a Black Friday sale, um, but it's just a really important time of year um, to be successful. And I think there's a lot of retailers that are on edge right now thinking, you know, this could be a make or break season for a lot of brands. It could be the difference between some serious downsizing and strategy shifting and some of that stuff we've been talking about should happen anyway. But, you know, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. I mean, we, I've seen firsthand um, how important the holiday season is. And so I think it'll be important for us to understand what the impact of Black Friday is physically and how it evolves, but also um, what the whole holiday season looks like for the market. And so we won't know that probably until early next year, um, but that's going to be really important as well. Um, in terms of like, will this stick, which if that was your question, right? Yeah. yeah um, the kind of extended sale period instead of just a day, basically. It's now the whole season. So it's beginning, let's say, November 1. Right. You started seeing sales basically through the end of the year. Yep. Um, and I've seen it. So I, I do. I'm a nerd. So I get like new egg emails. They're calling it Black November. Their whole pitch was like this stuff is going to happen. Amazon, I think, has been dropping things. They have different sections. But I think, yeah, and the industry is going that way anyway. I mean, look at Amazon Prime Day. Completely different time of year. It does a crazy big business. Um Alibaba has some different kind of things like that. That I forget what they got like Singles Day in China, where I mean, I think they did like you know probably have to fact check this, but like an insane record, like in the twenty billion dollar range for a single day of shopping um, for their version of what that is. So I do think um, there will be some evolution to this because it'll also maybe swing into different seasons beyond that this is gonna be like a black friday like events that sort of happen at different times a year mm -hmm. but i do think with technology and data and this idea of like dark stores and like fast fulfillment and buy online pick up in store those kind of things i think there is a lot of opportunity to extend this and i do think um they can be better about understanding inventory impacts beyond just like a crazy weekend too so yeah, yeah. I think I hope and think that this will be around to stay. Maybe it won't always be as intense, you know, as a whole month because of uh, our pandemic situation right now. But yeah, long term, yeah, I don't think it's going to shorten yeah. a I lot. I totally agree. Um, I think this year in particular, it's a attempt to combat reduced sales literally on Black Friday. Try to extend it out. You know, um, sorry, sales, not um, shoppers. Yeah, physical in profitability from. The, is, is, the day Black Friday is critical, but maybe more critical this year than other years. Yeah, and I think they're trying to combat the what they're anticipating as reduced volume the day of by extending the whole period to try and entice people to start doing it for a longer time. Um, 
I'm curious to see, because th- you mentioned that there's a bunch of days right now. There's like Prime Day, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh, in China, there's Singles Day, which is huge. Yeah, that's the Alibaba holiday. That the, or yeah. I don't, maybe it's not Alibaba, but Alibaba's, from big my knowledge it. of that, is, yeah, the yeah. big one. You know, and there's, so there's all these days. I'm curious to see if this, um, you know, as we start doing these uh, sale periods throughout the year, um, do they become less focused on like a labeled day? Uh, or do they, you know, do we keep trying to like put a kind of a putting a label on it to hype it up and build a little excitement around a specific time period? I think that we will evolve to more things, especially, I mean, Amazon is a huge, huge player in this. And I think they have the ability to like create entire markets. And I just wanted to jump in. I was so far off from Alibaba Singles Day. It was actually $74.1 billion in a single day. Jeez. Was that, that was on Singles Day? On Singles Day, which was November 15th, 2020. So it just happened fairly recently. Um, But yeah, Alibaba is reporting that in a 24-hour period, $74.1 billion. That's crazy. Like... That's bigger than the market cap of most of our clients. Their 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 public market capitalization is a tenth of that. It's insane. Uh, that is crazy, crazy volume. Got a big, a lot of people to buy a lot of things. Uh, yeah. For, by comparison, I'm just reading this and jumping in because I think it's kind of interesting. Now that we're on this tangent, um, it was 38 billion last year. Uh, for Singles Day on Alibaba. Uh, and Prime Day from this year, which occurred is two days, actually. They do it two days. It was October 13th and 14th. It was $10.4 billion. So we're talking about um, insanity. So, yeah. It's crazy. So I guess uh, this whole concept of being back in the black is still very, very uh, true for the retail business. Um, you know, granted the Alibaba's and the Amazon's of the world are doing big business all year long, but these key sales periods, uh, especially around the holidays, the end of the year are huge for these companies. Yeah. And they're definitely going to continue to be, it's just a matter of what's the format that they exist in moving forward. Um, so again, it'll be, I think the very, you know, the super interesting thing that we'll find out in, couple in a month probably or month ish is how you know how many people did actually go to uh physical retail and and stick to the traditional black friday shopping experience that'll be the big question mark yeah and i think that's gonna be really interesting and we'll have uh we should have some information on that you know maybe by our next episode or by you know our pre-christmas kind of episode so we'll uh we'll dive into that a little bit more yeah we'll keep an eye on that for sure um there's a couple interesting things going on. So one, um, one thing is, um, so there's this current current sit, uh, year-end sales strategy that companies are instilling that we already talked about. So extension, which is uh, basically having sales all month long. Um, but there's, you know, a complete flip side of that is closing down um, all the way. And that's a strategy that REI has had for almost six years now. And they call it opt outside. But um, 
that's the ultimate uh, COVID Black Friday approach. And we talked about this, I think, again, maybe in our very first episode or like bonus one, our kind of pilot episode, um, because Black Friday has been creeping slowly, slowly, year after year, you know, at, at least in my recollection, it was like 5 a.m. Friday and then it was like midnight Friday and then it was like 6 p.m. Thursday. Um, and I think uh, we, as we kind of talked about, that's not great. You know, it's not great for their employees. We like to hang out and do nothing. I assume people who work at these stores probably want to uh, hang out with their family and do nothing. So there has been a shift leading up to the pandemic, I think, where uh, brands have been a little bit more responsive to, um, you know, the PR approach of keeping their employees home on Thursday and shifting to a Friday morning. And it sounds like that's not changing for this year. Uh, correct? Yeah, from what I can tell, um, I've seen a lot of hype around companies um, publicizing the fact that they're going to be closing for Thanksgiving to support their employees. Uh, it feels like it's much more publicized than than in past years. And it, f- it kind of feels like a ploy to, to distract from the fact that they are going to be open on Black Friday when you know, big crowds are typically expected in their stores. Uh, they clearly don't want to miss out on that potential uh, revenue. Um, so I find that I find that kind of interesting. I, yes, it's great for employees. Um, and they a lot of companies have been doing it for a long time. Um, it just hasn't been a thing they publicized. They just did it, you know, and it was purely about supporting their employees. Now it feels like a smokescreen for staying open or doing some irresponsible things during covid um but again the only company i've seen that's actually shutting down is rei and that's been a long-term strategy of theirs which is they're actually close for black friday as well for black right 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 there yep. so everybody is basically closing it seems this year thanksgiving for, for thanksgiving day. day yeah um but they are actually one of the maybe the only but one of the only who is is giving friday as a yeah day they're the only ones i've seen close for black friday which is um great for this year i mean that's couldn't have worked out any better but again it was a it's been a strategy they've had in place for six years and it's really about encouraging folks to go outside and enjoy the outdoors um yeah and the only thing i the only thing i've seen that has changed kind of from their strategy on that is or their focus on that is that they've provided guidelines on like how to enjoy the the outdoors safely so they are being very responsible about that's good (laughs) <laughs> I wonder, I know it's going to vary state by state, but as you're listening to this and this is a week later now than we're recording it, but you know, we're, I'm actually sitting together, um, recording this. So apologies if it sounds a little different, but I don't have my recording equipment. So we're in California. There is actually a lockdown, um, taking place. Um, here I moved to Oregon and there's a lockdown there as well. So I'm assuming there's going to be some capacity issues as Potentially, too, like limiting. I, I know, Matt, you went to the store today. Yeah. F- from what I can tell, at least here in Southern California, it's more of a uh, nighttime curfew. So they're trying to, I would assume it's focused on reducing like restaurant bar, restaurant bar attendance yeah. in the evening. So it's, and I don't even, I, th- I want to say it was 10 p.m. So it doesn't even it impact it much. But it, there is, a, it went back to more like capacity limitations inside like grocery stores and stores, right? So like, I think all businesses are at like, like 25, or, I think it's like 25. Oh, it went that far. Okay. So yeah. you are waiting in like 
When I came here, yeah. I was here, you know, in April or May. I had to wait like an hour to get into Whole Foods. Yeah. So it's it, not that bad for sure. I did have to wait. I went to Trader Joe's today. I had to wait 10 but minutes. There are, but that could be affecting, but I guess yeah. leaning into the idea that 100 or 500 people well, are yeah. waiting to get into a store, like that's just not going to fly. Yeah, totally. Um, and from, even from Best Buy has this entire time at least here in southern california has been very limiting on the numbers in yeah, their store they're really pushing like yeah click and collect like you know yeah. buy it online we'll bring it to your car we'll put it in your yeah. back seat so yeah that, that's great but yeah. i think beyond these retail i guess my point is like beyond the re control of some of these retailers and their best laid plans things are shifting pretty dramatically pretty quickly in the last week or so that may limit yeah. this in-store ability even beyond what they were trying to do yeah. um, from their perspective so, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, non-COVID Black Friday means waiting in a giant line. Yes. Yeah. You know, so. But that's more like a, a mosh pit from, <laughs> yeah. from videos. I see, again, I haven't yeah. done it, but you know. And like with the Best Buy example, like you already have to wait. Like they're very safe about who, you know, um, the numbers they let in, how many people they have in there at the whole, at the same time. And they're also like, when you go in that you have to like reserve um help in a certain section if you need it they're like at, they're very inquisitive oh, wow. about to what you need and try to direct you straight to that department and i think it's just an effort to like move you through get you in and out quickly yeah um, um yeah that's definitely the most stringent i've seen around with a retailer i think i've um, i bought i did buy something with best buy recently but i didn't go in yeah. so i haven't actually experienced that myself um i came from texas a lot more lax um, from like a mandate perspective. Mm -hmm. So I've only been in Oregon for like a week and things seem to probably be pretty similar, I think. Yeah. Like feel. So it'll take some getting used to, yeah. but I'm trying to avoid it, honestly, personally, as much as I can. Anyway. Yeah. But then I went to Ralph's after Trader Joe's. It's our local kind of grocery store chain or one of them and uh, no line to get in, but it was nuts in there. It was packed. There was like each teller was like, or checkout vestibule was... 10 people deep were people observing social like six yeah feet i mean they have markers on the, the most floor part, yeah. and everyone is well behaved but there's a lot of people in confined space you know we need that camera ralph's needs that 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 camera thing <laughs> yeah the dude. temperature check automatic before gate. you even get in i think everywhere needs that I yeah mean, that's, that's great i'm okay with that for sure yeah i'm on board to be tr truthful about getting into the temperature check i have not experienced that very many places like when i get my haircut which i just finally did after six months of trying to avoid it yeah. um, but most places aren't doing it is apple no apple was very strict um i had to get a i lost my apple pencil for my ipad and i went to get one while i was in michigan for a project like you can't even go in the store unless you really? really need to. And they walk you around and um, and they were doing temperature checks and like tons of hand sanitizing stations. Because um, this was like during iPhone launch. So, yeah. you know, that's like their sort of Black Friday kind of setup yeah. for them. So speaking of which, did you get your phone yet? I did. It's in my pocket. Sweet. We'll have to look at it. Yeah, we'll uh, after. dig into that after. Um, yeah, so uh, I think um, the next thing we want to talk about is their these aren't new strategies they're just being implemented more but um things like curbside pickup um bopus is huge now you know uh, buy online pick up at store um expedited shipping has been very helpful during these times um we've talked about extended sales periods that's been a huge tactic especially around the holidays now um 
And then the big push with that as well was just promoting online shopping by offering sales there for extended periods of time to try and um, kind of shift around the point of purchase focus a bit. Um, so all these things are going to be continuing to happen. These are actually like very convenient uh, developments in the, the purchase process like BOPIS. I mean, that's awesome. Is. And, and the thing is, is like, and this is part of the thing we're focusing on with some of our pitches and some of our clients um, is, you know, there are different levels of how well these technologies work. There's frustrations, there's, you know, issues. Um, people have been working on it longer. I definitely seeing, I think more success with it. We won't, I don't really think it into the details, but anyone listening to a retail focus pro- podcast probably knows what we're talking about. Um, so there's a lot, a lot they can be doing. And I think hopefully seeing how this year goes will lead to, uh, brands thinking more about making an investment to make these kind of things much, much more successful in the future, because, you know, a little bit can go a long way in preparedness. Um, so if, and if, as a, if there is a serious culture shift, this is going to be more and more important. So I think making these even more seamless, even more expedited, um, giving the right tools to customer service teams and, and employees so that they are not scrambling inside the stores. I mean, so I think, you know, we really want to make sure that um, that that happens, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, if there's any major issues with that, that or frustrations and those kinds of yeah. things with customers. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you've, kn- I mean, I've kind of, my observation has been that most of them are pretty, like everyone's scrambled very quickly to get these programs up and running. And you know, like they have a lot of app based stuff that is, from what I've experienced, has worked pretty well. Uh, but the physical like pickup locations are pretty bootleg. They're kind of like, you know, someone like printed a sign and taped it on a light post, you know, and it, like, so I think we'll see much more formalized setups for the actual pickup component of that yeah. process. And of course, the the app aspect of it will will get better and better as well. Yeah. But I, I haven't had a bad experience with that yet, you know. I, and I, I shouldn't say that anything's been bad. I think my thinking in it is that uh, there's some are better, better than others. Yeah. And there's a lot of room for improvement. I think totally. I think of sort of Panera Bread as the gold standard of, the, of this. They've had, you know, you know, deliver to your table, order through a great mobile app, put your table number in, pay through Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever, depending on what platform you're on. They bring it to your table. They've had great curbside. So I think like... You know, I just think about some of the brands and I think, you know, Panera is a great fast casual dining option where they've sort of been thinking about these things and they're ready to hit the ground running in a little bit more thoughtful way than some other people who are slapping <laughs> slapping a uh, There's... a handwritten note to a piece <laughs> of laminate binder paper uh, with some duct tape to a, to a light post. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's always about creating improvements and it's like, you know, how can you match that Amazon-like experience? Because at the end of the day, a lot of what people are going to be competing with is the efficiency and, uh, you know, the simplicity of Amazon. So, yeah, I mean, especially as we get into same, you know, one day delivery, same day delivery, then it's like, okay, maybe I don't need to go get it in in two hours. You know, maybe I can just, I'll just wait till tomorrow and have someone bring it to me. Or in some cases, yeah. it's this afternoon. It'll just yeah. be here by, you know, 9 p.m. tonight. So Yeah, which is pretty interesting, actually. So, like, as that gets better and better and quicker and quicker, that probably will cannibalize some of these developed, like, the Bopuses, you know, where it's not really that much more beneficial to go get it today 
some things you'll still need to do that yeah. with, but it, the you're you're not fighting instant gratification as much. But I think you know, and getting into the which we didn't really plan this, but I should talk about some of the opportunities around that because I think like you know there are opportunities with companies like DoorDash and Lyft, like and Uber. They could be doing some of this legwork for Best Buy. So you know, place an order, it'll be delivered in a couple hours, and it could come via you know a logistics network that already exists. That's interesting. Um, so you don't have to go vertical and. You know, maybe somebody like Best Buy can do a little bit of everything. It's like go vertical for some of their locations and reach out to some of these other networks. Um, but, you know, I haven't seen a lot of that happen. I think if I was making a prediction, I would say that some of these, uh, especially food delivery oriented brands, probably will get into the ability to like deliver other. Yeah. Things. Apple Pay and like one of your expedited options is deliver through Lyft, deliver through whatever. You know, and then they can leave it at, literally just leave it at your front door. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I saw um, on the BOPUS front, I saw that Bed Bath & Beyond has two-hour BOPUS. This, like, I don't know if that's Is that standard all the time or just yeah. for this seasonal time period, but that's pretty rad. <clears throat> I bought a Sonos speaker at Best Buy last week because I'm moving into a new office and I had nothing, like no sound, and I was just kind of going crazy. But it was... 45 minutes and it was really oh, great that's good. so yeah that's cool I've, I've done a few things at best by that way and i don't know that it, i don't think it was ever that quick but it was like it's, i ordered it in the morning and i got it in the afternoon i don't think it's great. guaranteed it was just yeah. happened to be pretty fast it worked out. uh for that yeah mm -hmm. and it was small it was a small item so i'm just not a big deal yeah i've seen we um so those are kind of the the general typical strategies that we're seeing out there uh in the marketplace to to first of all combat COVID, um, so, so social distancing issues that are pretty common and or that are that can be a, an issue in the retail environment, um, and then the other piece of it is to kind of compensate for some potential lost sales day of on Black Friday. Um, so those two, those those are the we we just talked about a bunch of the the typical strategies that have been in, are in place to to fight those two things. Uh, but there's some interesting stuff that's happening uh, out there that is kind of like counterintuitive to what you think they might be doing, a company might be doing this time of year. Um, one is with Allbirds. Did you hear about this? No. And I, uh, I don't know I mentioned to you offline, but I just ordered my first pair of Allbirds shoes. So I may be a <laughs> casualty to this. I don't yeah. even know. So counterintuitively, Allbirds raised their prices for Black Friday and uh, they're doing it for a good cause, though. They're donating the whopping one extra dollar that they added to everyone's bill uh, to help fight climate change. So uh, taken out of context, it's pretty pretty uh, interesting and, and out of the ordinary. They're raising prices on Black Friday. Granted, it's not much, and it's for a great cause. So kudos. It's, it's great. Um but interesting approach. You know. I can get behind that. That's a great idea. And a yeah. dollar, I mean, you get alarmed by raising prices, but yeah, I think that's a pretty, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Uh, cool project. The other fun thing I saw, I don't know if it's fun, actually. It's just like a great promotional thought, but uh, whole foods is uh, providing insurance for their, their branded turkeys. And uh, they're doing this with progressive, um, so clearly a promotion. Uh, it's also for the 
first thousand people that claim it. But basically, if you botch your turkey, you can submit a claim uh, and get a $35 gift card, Whole Foods gift card. So, if you screw it up. It's, yeah. Yeah. You have to sh you have to prove I think through imagery that you did not cook it correctly. Yeah, you have to show a photo of it on fire. Have you been um, to Whole Foods lately? Because I don't know any turkey that costs thirty five dollars at Whole Foods. Oh, dude, I wouldn't be surprised. You, oh, you think more? Oh, I more. think more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Those like organic turkeys like a, are like seventy or eighty dollars. <laughs> it's like a three pound. Yeah, right. Quail. <laughs> yes. Turkey. <laughs> it's a turkey um, that quacks. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought that was a really cool way to get at the holiday with something that's unique out of the box that you wouldn't expect, but like totally on point for this particular part of the season. It's a great cross promotion too. It's a good, it's a good like brand, you know, brand synergies between the two companies. So yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. And screwing up your turkey is like a total time honored tradition. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if you blow your house up because you did the, uh, what is the, the deep fried hopefully you have your insurance through progressive at yeah. that point but. you're gonna be filing several claims <laughs> then i saw turkey bags in the reynolds turkey bags in the checkout today you basically put your turkey in a bag and it keeps all the moisture in there interesting it's like it's plastic so it's like a heat uh it can withstand heat obviously yeah, but it's yeah. like a clear plastic bag Wrap it up, seal it. Did you buy one? You gonna try that this no, year? No, luckily I'm not attempting to cook a turkey this year. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's the first meal I'm gonna cook in our uh, Airbnb, probably. So, uh, but we it's like pre pre cooked. We're getting like one of those prepped things, so we just have to like essentially just reheat it. Is it a? I'll still screw it up. Full bird or just yeah, like the breast? It's a very small full bird. It's like yeah. a seven pound or eight pound bird. Yeah. We opted for the full one, even though it's just the two of us. Is that through Whole Foods? Or? No, it's actually through a similar, it's like a company called New Seasons, which is a great local, um, local to sort of the Pacific Northwest, mostly in the Portland metro area. Um, they're growing a little bit, uh, but yeah, it's a similar kind of uh, setup, but it's just a locally owned one. So yeah, yeah it's great. They do a good job. I can't wait. I like turkey. I like, uh, I like turkey too, but okay. I like Thanksgiving time of year, the holidays. Yeah, it's, it's nice. great. It's nice. It's always set in stone. It's the same, you know, it's always Thursday, Friday, long weekend. It's nice. Something to look forward to. Totally. Christmas stuff starts going up then. Although like this year seems way early, but uh, normally <laughs> Christmas stuff starts going up then. So yeah, totally. We actually started putting up some decorations, but I think once you get the tree, that's kind of the, the big thing, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. But um, yeah, so Black Friday is going to be interesting this year. We'll keep an eye on what happens with in-store crowds and that kind of thing day of. Um, and then I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll, you know, also be interested to see what happens to, to profits um, and sales numbers over this entire season, as opposed to just the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and we'll for sure circle back on that in next episode, if not the, you know, the, Next couple episodes, potentially yeah. whenever the data comes out. But um, I, I'm hearing this question tossed around. You know, is Black Friday irrelevant now? Um, I personally don't think it is. I think we're just kind of shifting gears on it and definitely working around the coronavirus. So uh, I guess the test will be next year what we what we stick with, what we um, you know get rid of, and uh, what it looks like. So. 
And I think, you know, regardless of Black Friday and it's like sales approach and how people treat it from a 5 a.m. mad rush sale to just best price of the year, whatever those things, whatever the PR around Black Friday is, it's always going to be the beginning of the holiday shopping season. It's like we're Americans, we're procrastinators. So people aren't doing that ahead of time. So I think even to retailers that aren't sale focused or extra hour focused around those ideas, it still is the first day of that season that's really important to them. Um, and, and, and you have to be kick off that like festivities leading into Christmas. So I think maybe it won't always be the uh, blowout sale. Get your $20 TV if you run to the back of the store. But it's always going to be a really important like demarcation day of the beginning of that season. So the kickoff for the holiday yes. shopping season. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Great. Well, this is our bonus episode number three, Black November. Um, it was, uh, it's brought to you by Q Gravity. It's produced by uh, and edited by Artificial. You can check out his Instagram um, in the show notes. Thanks, Alex. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Omni underscore experience or at OXpod at QGravity.com. Uh, that's an email address if you aren't familiar. It's that old form of communication. <laughs> uh, you can also leave a voice memo for us on the Anchor app. Um, and if you do that, we might be, uh, we have the option to feature you at some point. So we'll keep your fingers crossed. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Send us those, uh, send us those notes. And as always, uh, you know, get us wherever you get your podcast and please, uh, give us a review, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear what people think and, uh, what, what they want to hear next. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Good to, good to see you yeah, in person. Nice good to, to have you back. Person. Back in. Congrats on the move. Going back, back to Oregon soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, we'll, everybody. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Bye.